The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Isn't it wonderful that we uh, we live in a country that we can celebrate Maroon Friday as we choose? I hope you're wearing maroon today. It's important that we are. It really is. Get out there and rep the brand. We're a little bit beaten up right now, but the thing that I've learned about Mississippi State fans in my uh, elongated life, which uh, has lasted much longer than I ever expected uh, years ago, is that uh, we have a quiet dignity about ourselves. Yes, we have that little you know, vocal minority that uh, at, at times needs to be quiet, but um, in times of crisis, the Mississippi State family has kind of rallied around each other. And so I want to open the show with a plea to everyone that is considering maybe not coming tomorrow. We really need you here at the game. The team needs you here at the game. Mississippi State needs you here at the game. It's an 11 a.m. kick. I get it. Most of you kind of checked out after that A&M game, so that's it. I'm not going back. I'm not going to go get up there. Early morning game for Southern Miss. I'm not going to go watch us get beat in the Egg Bowl. I don't know if any of those things are going to happen. But I do know this. I do know that when we are at our best or in times of crisis, that's the truth. We really rally together and come together. And you listen, we need to be behind Zach Selman as he navigates through this hiring process. We'll have a, an update on that later in the show. I've been working the phone a lot. Your good friend and host, I can tell you, uh, is ready for game day just so we can kind of you know take a pause a little bit about the search. It's been a difficult week. I mean, it really has. You go back and think about Saturday. I mean, you know, and, and that's the thing that I go back to. It's like, you know, yeah, you got beat 51 to 10. 51 to 10. One of the worst beatings we've taken in a decade, man. It was terrible. It'd be one thing if it's Alabama or going down to Tiger Stadium playing on one of those against one of those great teams. We got beat by a very pedestrian AM team that started a third team quarterback. There's just no coming back from that. And so, you know, we get our brains beat in on Saturday. We spend the end of our Sunday just kind of waiting. I finally was able to confirm there would be no announcement on Sunday. Uh, and so Monday, we wake up first thing, and we got a text. It's happening. Arnett's gone, press conference today at noon. And here we are. And then all of our conversation, really, over the course of the last week, last few days, has been about, hey, who are we going to hire? Matter of fact, I can't go anywhere. That's the first question people say, Steve, good to see you. Who are we going to hire? Because people care. People are invested in Mississippi State, and it says a lot about our job and about our fan base that people are, you know, have responded the way they have. And as a matter of fact, every day this week, jeanspage.com has led the entire 247 Sports Network in sales every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, hopefully we can today, but, man, it's been a great week. Uh, near record number of subscribers, and uh, we'll probably surpass that this weekend. And uh, we're running a special 60% off the annual subscription price. In addition to that, you get a free subscription to the Paramount Plus streaming platform. 
How cool is that? Many of you are thinking, I'm already paying for that. Well, you know what? You can cancel that and just sign up with us and get that as a benefit, a, a, a bonus or benefit. I try to say both at the same time. Forgive me. Uh, but if you've always thought, hey, I, I don't know what I would gain from that, come be a part of that. A lot of your, your peers have done so. Come be a part of the uh, Merry Band of Misfits over jeanspage.com. Again, 60% off and the prescription to Paramount Plus. And I use that regularly. I, I, I'd never watched Yellowstone until recently. I binged that whole thing. Now I can't wait for the rest of season five to come out. I had so many of you that I, I saw you on social media when that thing was blowing up. You're like, oh, Yellowstone, I can't wait. And I was like, I, what's the big thrill? I, then I watched it, and I get it. And you can watch that as part of your Paramount Plus subscription. Also watched the Millie Vanilli documentary recently. How about that? I don't know if we can do a top 10 Millie Vanilli thing, but it's interesting that their, their catalog has kind of resurged here as of late. And if you haven't watched that doc, let me encourage you to watch it because Fabrice, you know, the way the thing kind of ends up, you know, is uh, you find out that Fabrice can really sing. And uh, much, much better singer than it was kind of billed to be. Of course, they had some some accents from Europe that uh, kind of impeded them a little bit. But uh, it is a dynamic story. And if you're unfamiliar with the Millie Vanilli scandal, it's worth watching. Again, that's uh, on Paramount+. Plus. You can check that out. So, again, you sign up for Gene's page. You get all of our great content. Keep up with the coaching search. And in addition to that, you get Paramount+. Plus. What a great deal. So, if you have it. Signed up. Go sign up today. Uh, you'll be glad you did. Hey, let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I was in there twice last week. I hadn't been in this week. And it's so funny. Sometimes I'm in there and people are like, hey, uh, funny running into you here. Yeah, I love it up there. My, I, I do. And the thing about it is, you know, guys, I'm a creature of habit. I'm an addict, you know. And, uh, and so when I find something that works for me, I just kind of ride the wave, baby. I do. And Bulldog Burger Company works for me because when I go out, when I go to the trouble of going out, and sometimes that's just easier, right? Sometimes I just want to get away from the house, get away from the computer, get away from all this for a while and just let somebody wait on me. And I know that maybe that sounds uh, egotistical, but you know how it is. Sometimes you just don't want to deal with cooking or going and shopping. Let's just go out tonight. And more times than not, I find myself choosing Bulldog Burger Company because I know what to expect there. I know that I can put my feet under their table and I have a great meal at a great price and get great service and a great atmosphere. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive in Stark Vegas, Gloucester Street. They're in Tupelo, Lake Harper Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. It's amazing, man. Have those spring rolls as your appetizer. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking. That's even on the menu, guys. And you, and you wonder where that started, right? Hmm. But, man, I tell you what. When you go in there, you're going to be happy with what you get. You're going to be happy with your service. And uh, if you go into Starville, ask for Ian. Sit in the Ian section. That's my kid. Doing a great job. He loves it up there. Loves it. Great place to eat. Great place to work. Bulldog Burger Company, part of the Eat With Us group that has served our community so many years, man. It's such a debt of gratitude that we owe to them. Just you know, Many of our great memories in Starkville, in this great area, uh, have happened at an Eat With Us restaurant. And I have, again, so many times I go to Bulldog Burger Company just because, it, again, I know what to expect. Get that chocolate shake to go. You'll be glad you did. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's take a look at Southern Miss because I think in some, many of us have forgotten we're playing a football game Saturday. You know, what's, what's all that's happened. And again, I, I, you know, I'm a part of this fan base. You know, I'm not, it's not just a job to me. I had a discussion with somebody about this earlier this week. You know, 
And, and, and again, I feel like I'm giving my resume, and, and I apologize if it comes across that way. But Mississippi State is so special to me. It is. I've had several opportunities over the years to go do something else, cover somebody else. Uh, when I was working for Fox Sports, I had an opportunity to go do some U.S. men's national team stuff. I had young kids at the time, didn't think that was the right move for me. Uh, when I was working for Scout.com, of course, I had Arkansas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. I had nine LSU, Louisiana, and nine Arkansas, Arkansas. So you can imagine how much fun that was, you know, covering all those kids at, uh, you know, going to Arkansas State or somewhere like that. And, you know, it, it, hey, those stories are big to those families. I, I get it. But I've had other opportunities. But uh, I know, I know who's important to me. And it's you guys. I would rather spend my entire life here just doing Mississippi State stuff, period. And you say, well, you know, Steve, you never know where life's going to take you. I, I don't want to go somewhere else. I don't want to go cover, you know, the Tennessee Titans or the Miami Heat or the you know, Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't, I don't want any of that. This is what I want. And uh, I, I think so much about when people leave, it, it bothers me. It does. And you say, well, you know, it's part of it. And it is. It is. For a lot of people, it is a job. It's not just a job for me. It's a passion. You know, I grew up in South Mississippi. It was, it was kind of rare for us to get a chance to get up here. I remember the very first time I saw Mississippi State play in person in any sport. It was in Jackson against the Jackson Mets. Had a chance to go to the November 1st, 1980 game against Alabama. Biggest win in school history. And some people will argue. And listen, and, may, and that's a good thing, too. Uh, you know, people say, you know, when we won the West, Steve, that was a big deal. I had somebody recently kind of called me on the carpet for that and say, you know, Steve, I think we got to move on from that. And I said, I don't know that we should. But, you know, we've had some big wins since then. Of course, Jackie Sherrill, of course, we win the West, go to Atlanta. Uh, we, and we beat Auburn in a three-versus-two game, go to number one in the country. That's a pretty big win, too. We've been able to see that, cover those things, right? And so I, I say that because one of the things that really irritates me is when talented people that have a Mississippi State background leave us. Now, I don't judge anybody. Everybody's got to do what they think is best for them and their family. This is what's best for me and my family. And, and my hope is, is that we'll get a new football coach that sees how special a place this is. And I want to stay for a while. You know, because even when Dan Mullen was here, you know, Dan, it always felt like after the 2010 season, with rare exception, you know, he didn't get a ton of interest after 2012 and certainly not after 2016. But uh, – after the 2010 season, it felt like we were held hostage every single year. And I had discussions with him about that. I was like, you know, Coach, I don't think this helps recruiting. It certainly doesn't help the fan base. And uh, Dan felt like, well, you know, I think it's a good thing for our branding, you know, that Mississippi State has a coach that's in demand. Uh, I think it was good for Dan Mullen's branding. I don't know how good it was for Mississippi State's branding. Uh, but, of course, his name has popped up again. People said, hey, this is a great time. And, listen, Dan has his supporters and his detractors. Uh, I, I'm told this is not a real possibility, though. I think it's important to kind of understand that. But, but when Dan left, I, I got it. I didn't like it. But I also thought, you know what, at least every single year after the Egg Bowl, we're not going to have to sweat this thing out for six weeks, wondering if Dan Mullen's going to sign an extension, wondering if he's going to take another job. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, like you're in this bad relationship, and it's like, you know, I get just enough benefit from this that I'm not going to just roll out of it. But it's never quite what you want it to be. And so, and then after it's over, you kind of romanticize what it was. You remember the good times. You forget the bad times. And I think that's how it is with Dan Mullen. He said, well, Steve, it's not a relationship. Well, in many ways it was. 
And so you look back at that, and we forget to play those tapes all the way through. You know, we remember beating Auburn. We remember the Dak years and how much fun that was and going to number one. It was amazing. But we don't think about the rest of it. You know, we don't think about the fact that um, every single year we had to deal with that. Now, of course, if Dan came back, he'd probably come back to stay. I just wonder how much fire he's got left in the belly. But, again, I'm told it's kind of a non-starter. And so uh, we'll get ready to move on. But, um, guys, Mississippi State is special. It is. It is a special experience to be a part of this Mississippi State family. Uh, you know, we got, we got some drunk cousins out there at times that embarrass us. Yeah. Sometimes we have disagreements. Sometimes we don't see things the same way. But we all want the same things, and that's for Mississippi State to win at the highest level in every sport. That's what we want. And sometimes we got to pick and choose, you know, financially, what, you know, kind of what we have to do right now. And in many respects, we haven't really committed to football. And, and listen, I think this is where Zach Selman's strength helps Mississippi State. I mean, he comes from a fundraising background, you know, and so he's going to reach out to people and say, hey, we need this and we need that. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. It's not like, hey, okay, we've got this, you know, this pie, so let's just kind of cut it differently. I think you just go out and you make a bigger pie, right? Because, I mean, you don't want other sports to have to suffer. But, we you know, we have got to invest in football. And uh, he and I have spoken about that recently and about how important it is for us to invest in football. And this is a good chance to do that, right? And we don't need to go spend money just to spend money, though, right? It's like there are a lot of people that say, hey, well, we're paying our coach $9 million a year. Well, you know, if we can find a guy of comparable value for $7 million a year, it would be stupid just to give him 9 just so we can say we paid him $9 million. But I've been told that we're going to have to probably spend, you know, $7 to $8 million to kind of get the guy we want. And so, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, again, if you've got a guy that's worth 4 to $5 million, you don't go pay him 7 uh, just for the headlines. But let's take a look at Southern Miss. Why don't we? We do have a football game this weekend. I get sidetracked sometimes. Phone rings, whatever. But anyway, uh, Southern Miss, a lot of people beginning of the year thought they had a really good chance to win the Sun Belt Conference. Things have not gone as well as many people expected. Uh, I, I would say the only team in, in the league that's uh, in the state has exceeded expectations probably Ole Miss. And then this just caught for what it is. It's true. They've taken advantage of the fact there's parity in the Southeastern Conference. They have. Give them credit. We'll talk about them a lot next week. Uh, but Southern Miss, 3-7 and seven overall, but they have won two of the last three. They opened up with the win over Alcorn State 40-14 to 14, and uh, commend the fine folks in Hattiesburg for keeping that FCS money in-state. I am a big fan of that. Scott Strickland really started that. Uh, I think it's great. you got to write the big check. Let's help fund another Mississippi institution that's not really a threat to us on a recruiting trail. Huge, huge, huge fan of this practice. I think it's great when State, Ole Miss, and Southern uh, have a chance to play Jackson State, Alcorn, and Valley in any sport and be able to help fund those schools. I, I think we've got a responsibility to do that, to be honest with you. Uh, but they get Alcorn State 40-14. to The next week, they get absolutely crushed by Florida State in Tallahassee at Doe Campbell, 66-13. to Now, you expected Southern Miss to lose that game. You thought it would be a little more competitive. Uh, the next week, they return to M.M. Roberts and Tulane and Willie Fritz gets them 21-3. to That Southern Miss offense really struggling a little bit early in the season. Uh, Arkansas State, they go on the road to play uh, the Red Wolves in Howell Nation. Jonesboro is a fine southern town. And uh, Arkansas State outlasts them 44-37. 
There's some talk that the uh, job at Arkansas State may come open. Uh, the following week, they host Texas State, led by J.G. Kinney and Mac Lefwich. Some names to consider. 50-36 to 36 in favor of the Bobcats. Old Dominion, wasn't too long ago, Old Dominion didn't even have a football team. Old Dominion joins CUSA, gets some things rolling. Now they're in the Sun Belt. They go into Hattiesburg and win 17-13. Uh, the next weekend, they go down and play in Mobile against Kane Womack. And apparently somebody somewhere thought it was a good idea to put some billboards up around Mobile. I don't know have all the details behind that, but uh, they kind of poked the bear a little bit. And Kane Womack in South Alabama beat Southern Miss 55-3. to And I believe if they could have got 70, they would have. Southern Miss gave Appalachian State some trouble on October 28th. App State able to hang on up there 48-38, a bit of a wild Wild game. But uh, the last three weeks, they've really gotten the running game going with Frank Gore Jr. And uh, had a career high against App State. Uh, last week, they take down Old Miss's opponent this week, Louisiana Monroe, 24-7. to Hadn't been a good year for the Warhawks. And then last week, give uh, Southern Miss some credit. They go down and play Louisiana and win in overtime, 34-31. That game looked like it was over. And Southern Miss battles back, ties the game, forces overtime, and then wins in overtime on a Frank Gore Jr. touchdown. Uh, interesting little dynamic going on, too, with Southern Miss. You know, Billy Wiles has started every game this year, but they've also sprinkled in a little bit of Ethan Crawford. Crawford, the freshman from Tuscaloosa, is the one responsible for the game tying drive and the game winning drive. There's a lot of talk on Hasbro. Hey, we start him this week. Well, here's the issue. Ethan Crawford's already played in four games this year. So if he plays this weekend against Mississippi State, he burns a red shirt. Now, Will Hall has been very coy about that. I watched all their media stuff this week, and he goes, I'll just let you guys know next week. If I had to call it, and this is just my opinion, this is no insider knowledge, and of course I know that if I'm wrong about this, somebody's going to let me know. I don't think they play Ethan Crawford. And let me tell you why. And Number one, that was his most extensive action of the year. Guys, this is a three and seven year. Southern Miss is not playing for anything. So why would you burn the red shirt of this kid that may end up being your starter for multiple years because he's going to be better for you as a red shirt senior than he is as a true freshman? So I'll be surprised if Crawford plays. Now, I'm sure Crawford wants to play. I'm sure his family may say, you know what, we want what the kid wants. But I don't know if that's in the best interest of the kid. Now, I'm not his coach. I'm not his parent. I'm not going to judge anybody either way. But if I'm Will Hall, and I think Will is certainly safe there, I think Will's going to do a good job there. I I do. I know it hasn't taken off as quickly as we thought, even myself. I I really think Will Hall was a great uh, hire for Southern Miss. Uh, Matter of fact, I heard from Will Hall shortly after uh, Mike Leach passed away. Uh, Did. And – I got so many. We have so many mutual friends. Of course, I've got some friends on that staff down there, and just tell me what a great guy he is. Of course, he's a, you know, the son of Bobby Hall that uh, they called him the Lord of the Rings. Got one state championships everywhere. I just think Will Hall is more of a big picture thinker. I don't think it's like, hey, we got to go beat Mississippi State. We hadn't beaten him, you know, the last five meetings, and yeah, I want to win this game. 
But do I want to jeopardize this kid's eligibility later in his career when we might have really built something special? Does that make sense? So I can see it going either way. They can just say, well, we're going to go all in, do everything we can, and uh, throw everybody out there because you sign players to play. I just think I'll, I'll be surprised if Crawford plays. I, I will be. I, I really will. Because it'd be one thing, you know, if Southern Miss is, you know, seven and, you know, seven and three right now and trying to, to win a couple ball games, improve their bowl standing. And then all of a sudden you get an SEC skin on the wall. Uh, and that's not to say that Billy Wiles can't do a good job. And there's a reason he's a starter in the first place. But uh, that's been kind of the discussion down around Hattiesburg is what are they going to do at quarterback? Do you burn Crawford's red shirt to try to beat Mississippi State in a season that hadn't gone the way you'd hoped? That's the question. And uh, that's a question we'll get answered tomorrow morning uh, for sure. But, yeah, this Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Miss team, you know, they, they beat Louisiana last week 34-31. to And uh, you look at it and you say, you know what? Hey, they figured some things out. And it's really the running game. It really is. Let's look at those numbers if we can. And uh, we can. 
because uh, the magic of Al Gore's internet is available to us. But uh, as a team, averaging 24 points a game but allowing 35, that's a recipe for a 3-7 and seven season, is it not? Uh, first downs this year, 96 have allowed 85. That's on the ground. And uh, total, Southern Miss offense, 214. But if a lot of it's 194, and a lot, a lot of this is because of explosive plays. Uh, you look at the rushing game, we talked about it kind of gotten that going. And as Will Hall so astutely pointed out, when you look at the seven conference games, Southern Miss is leading the Sun Belt in rushing. It's true. It's true. Especially last three weeks. They've really gotten things going, Frank Gore. That's really been about, as Will Hall said, everybody around him playing better. That's the offensive line that appears to be maturing. But uh, a net of 1,692 yards, they've allowed right at 1,800. From a passing standpoint, as a team, 166 of 319 for seven picks, 12 touchdowns, and just over 2,000 yards. They're allowing 2,441. Why is that significant, Steve? Well, we're expecting Will Rogers to play this week. Now, Will's going to be a little bit rusty. Now, Will's been practicing. He had not been kind of sitting around playing video games. I'm sure he does that, too, in addition to his game prep. But uh, Will Rogers expected to play. And a uh, big ball game, obviously. You know, his brother plays at Southern Miss. Justin Farmer with a nice feature on that game earlier this week. Uh, you could read that over at jeanspage.com. Uh, but offensively, as a unit, Southern Miss, 3,707 yards. They've allowed 4,240. And outside of that Florida State game, this schedule hasn't exactly been, um, you know, ha- hadn't been one you look at and say, man, this is a terrible schedule. This has been, a, you know, pretty much a comparable, favorable schedule than what you'd expect at Southern Miss. They just haven't turned it turned into results people were expecting. Uh, from a kicking standpoint, it may be the battle of the uh, 35-yard punts this week. As a team, they're averaging 39-35. You know, there's, every so often, we'll, we'll crank one off. But more times than not, man, these 30-yard punts drive me crazy. Uh, and I don't, there's been so many things to be upset about. I don't know why, but it absolutely infuriates me to see this, like, 30-, 32-yard punting situation. It just drives me crazy. I don't, and it just does. There's so many of these games that are, you know, it's a battle of field position. I mean, how many times have we been pinned back deep and we can't find a way to get a couple first downs and and play the field position game, pin them back deep, and then maybe we're the ones receiving a punt around the 50-yard line. We just have struggled to do that. And and I don't know if that's going to change this week either. Uh, from a penalty standpoint, really, you know, this team not has has not really been what you'd call undisciplined. Uh, 62 penalties, opponents have committed 58. They're just 45 yards penalties per game. I'm sure that's too many for Will Hall, but it's not some you know god-awful number you look at and say they're just constantly shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, we have been. Third down conversions, it's a team 61 of 157. That's 38%. Not a bad number there at all. Uh, eight for 20 on fourth down conversions. They have fumbled the football 14 times. And lost it eight of those 14. They forced 14 fumbles and recovered seven of those. 25 sacks, four, and 26 against. They've made all but one PAT. They've, you know, all PATs have been good for opponents. In the red zone, uh, they've scored 33 out of 40 times. 19 of those times have been touchdowns. So not, not really finishing drives the way you'd expect. Opponents, though, 28 of 40. And uh, – Total red zone scores for Southern Miss opponents, 34 of 40. So more times than not, when you get down there close, you're coming away with points. Look at the individual numbers. It all starts on the ground, Southern Miss. 
That's not some big surprise, uh, nor should it be. Uh, Frank Gore Jr., one of the top uh, ground gainers in the Sun Belt Conference, has 970 yards on the year in 10 games, so averaging just under 100 yards there. That's going to be job one for us. Now, his backup, Rodriguez Clark, played in eight games from Starkville High School uh, by way of Memphis, 388. So he's kind of been the complimentary back, but uh, not a lot behind Gore in that respect. They really let him kind of be the bell cow for them, and they should. He's their most explosive player. Nine touchdowns on the year on the ground, one of those a 75-yarder. Now, getting over to the passing numbers, you know, we talked a little bit about Ethan Crawford. In four games, he's got six completions on 13 attempts, right? I mean, so is that really enough of a body of work, you know, that you'd say, okay, let's go on the road and play in an SEC environment and burn this kid's red shirt and not have him available to us in four years? You know, again, that's what I think. Uh, Billy Wiles uh, played in 10 games, started out 10. 151 completions and 282 attempts. Six picks on the year, 10 touchdowns. Averaging 185 yards. And uh, this completion percentage, not great. 53%. Uh, You'd like to have a higher number, for sure. But, uh, you know, again, you stop Frank Gore here and put the the game in the lap of those quarterbacks, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Jacarius Kasten leads the Southern Miss team. Where's number one? Uh, 30 grabs on the year for 518 yards. He is from Natchez, Mississippi. Played at Adams County Christian. That's the alma mater of of the bride. But, uh, yeah, he's having a good year there. Not much question about that, you know. And, uh, you know, the thing when you look at these, uh, you know, receiving numbers, it's kind of been by committee. You know, it's not like like they have DeAndre Brown and then like a, a cast of characters around him. It's kind of being back in middle. Trail Jones with 34 grabs, which is tied for the team lead. 480 yards, three touchdowns for him. Uh, Taquellen Mims, also 34 for 395. And then the fourth leading pass catcher on the team is Frank Gore Jr. with 17. So they will flare it out to him a little bit, get him out there in the screen game. Chandler Pittman, uh, 16 catches on the year. And outside of that, everybody's single digits. So it's kind of been they've, – they've spread it around a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it, it appears they've got a three kind of headed monster here that they want to kind of work with. But they do play a lot of people on, on offense. They certainly do. Now, defensively, a name that you may know, Dylan Lawrence, talked about him yesterday on the radio. 65 tackles, former Mississippi State Bulldog safety. I remember when we signed him, there were so many people that panned the sign – he never really got it going here, and I never fully understood why. We'd see him in practice, and he, and he runs around out there uh, like a savage. I mean, he absolutely plays with this reckless abandon, and I don't know that he got the opportunities he deserved here. When you look at State's problems at safeties this year, wouldn't it have been great to have Dylan Lawrence, who has found new life in Hattiesburg, 65 tackles on the year. One of those is a sack, also has a pass breakup. Uh, but he is the guy that will get downhill on you. And you know that he will be motivated to play in this game. Where's number six for the Golden Eagles? I love Dylan Lawrence. I think he's a great young man and uh, happy that he's on the field. wish he was on the field here at Mississippi State making plays for us. Uh, the number two tackler for Southern Miss is former Ole Miss safety Jay Stanley. So a pair of former SEC guys out there kind of holding things down down in Hattiesburg. 48 tackles for Jay. 
Three picks, four pass breakups, a fumble recovery, three forced fumbles, really having a good run. I, to be honest with you, I thought Jay was probably a Southern Miss guy coming out of high school. And some could have probably said the same thing about Dylan Lawrence. But uh, it's good to see guys like that get a chance. This is where the transfer portal, I think, is a good thing, right? Instead of a guy having to go, you know, to Osceola, Missouri, or go out to West Coast to continue his education, he's able to do it right here in our state. And uh, goes right down there and does a good job for Will Hall. Uh, Swayze Bozeman played in only eight games this year, but 45 tackles. And um, from an average standpoint, one of the better tacklers on the team. Uh, Hayes Maples played in 10 games. He got 38. Uh, one of the, the top defensive backs on this team uh, is uh, Markel McLaurin out of Collins, Mississippi. And if that, that sounds familiar, it should. That's where Mark McLaurin was from. Our Mark McLaurin that uh, had three interceptions of Lamar Jackson in the uh, 2018 Gator Bowl after the 2017 season. But uh, but anyway, so, uh, yeah. So, McLaurin goes and uh, goes to Southern Miss, goes to Jones, and is back there and uh, is having a really good season for them one of those guys too that's always around the football he has five pass breakups a fumble recovery and a forced fumble and 31 tackles to his credit Quentin Bivens remember him out of Wayne County having a good run too and that's the thing too there's so many familiar names Jalil Clemens from Starville High School's one there was a lot of people that thought Mississippi State should have signed him but that's the thing there's so many of these guys that we we recruit and uh Maybe we elect not to take him. I think, you know, Jason Brownlee's one we should have taken. You know, of course, now he's in the National Football League. Uh, the name MJ Daniels, remember him? Of course you do. Committed to Ole Miss, then was committed to Mississippi State, and there was all this talk, you know, at the end. And, and, and there's so many things I can tell you about this. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But uh, I wasn't surprised when he flipped back to Ole Miss and reported as such before it happened. I don't get credit for that. That's okay. But MJ Daniels then was going to leave Ole Miss and transfer to Mississippi State, elected not to do so. Then he finally goes in the portal, and I think he'd really burned every bridge he had here in Starkville. Ends up at Southern Miss, but in, in 10 games he has 19 tackles. So he's played a little bit. Uh, so, again, some SEC caliber recruits and former players kind of patrolling that Southern Miss secondary. It's interesting you know, and I guess if and if you're Southern Miss, I think that's where the portal helps you. We talk about the bad downside is if a guy comes in and kills it, then Alabama or somebody's going to go get him. Well, I think the flip side is, is when you have some guys that are maybe two deepers at SEC schools and they're willing to come to your school and start, I think that's a good thing. I think Will Hall and those guys will figure that thing out. Uh, from a punting standpoint, we talked about the average, but um, Bryce Lofton, uh, 47 on the year, averaging 40.19. They have a team punt. Again, I don't know how that works. It was blocked. Yeah, so that's what it is. They don't charge that to the punter. Uh, but, yeah, 40.19 is an average, which is better than us. He's had four over 50, 11 inside the 20. 18 uh, of those punts have been fair called. Only just only two touchbacks. So he's leaving things in the field of play. Andrew Stein is 16 of 22 in his field goal attempts. Five for five, under 30. Six for eight, 30 to 39, and then four of seven. And then over 50 is one of two. He made a 52-yarder earlier this year and had a field goal blocked. So you've heard about punts blocked, field goal blocked. 
it'd be great if we could get our hands on one. We've been so close multiple times this year. Uh, Connor Gibbs, uh, reserve kicker there, has missed his only attempt, and that was uh, between 40 and 49 yards. But uh, Connor Gibbs also the kickoff specialist, and we always talk about this. It's an important stat. We finally broke one last week in a game that uh, is very forgettable. We'll remember it as being Zach Arnett's final game as our head coach. But Xavier Thomas finally broke one. Tulu nearly did. There was one time Tulu had a seam and it closed quickly. But uh, Connor Gibbs, 52 kickoffs this year. Only 13 of them are touchbacks. Only 13. Two of them went out of bounds. So you can do the math yourself, but I'll, I'll save you the trouble. 37 of his kickoffs have been returnable. 37 of 52. Now, I don't know how much Southern Miss is going to score. And we don't want them kicking off too much. But when you have a kicker that does not routinely put the ball into the end zone and you've got Tulu and Zavion Thomas back there, you're playing with fire. So I think that could be a big factor in this game. Again, I hope they don't kick off much. But if they do, when you can't consistently put the ball out of the end zone, you're really putting yourself at risk. And I think that we're certainly capable of taking full advantage of that. So my pick, I, I, I expect Mississippi State to win. And uh, a lot of people are like, Steve, we've been so bad on offense. It's true. And one of the main reasons we have been is because QB1 has been injured. RB1 has been injured. Again, I don't know for sure if what he's going to play every week. It's like, well, it's going to be – he's upgraded and we'll see how things go. I, I don't know. Uh, Will Rogers is expected to play. Will Rogers have two final home games here at Mississippi State. Uh, I, I don't know that Will's back next year. That's something he'll have to figure out himself. Uh, I don't. At this point, I would say I don't expect them, but I, yeah, I don't know. That's just my opinion. But I think Will Rogers obviously wants to go out with a bang here. And, again, going to be a little bit rusty, but I think Will Rogers gets the offense going enough. And you go back and look at that Western Michigan game, and, and granted, it's a Western Michigan team. The quality competition is not SEC. Well, neither is this. Even though they've got some guys in a defensive secondary that can play, I think Mississippi State – wins the ball game this week. I think defensively we play pretty well. I think we can make them one-dimensional. We just got to avoid a big play. And so I'm eager to see, you know, uh, how this fan base responds and how this team responds. But I'm picking State to win and to cover. State, uh, I think, is a 14-point favorite. You know, maybe it's a 28-14, 28-13 type game. Uh, I, I don't think that Southern Miss can consistently run the football against Mississippi State. Uh, I don't. And I think once with the talent differential shows up in that second half, I think State will be able to put this thing away. I do expect a competitive game, probably two, two-and-a-half quarters. Uh, but I do think if State comes out early and punches him in the mouth and puts a couple of touchdowns, let's say you get some separation in the first quarter, I think it could be an interesting day. Um, but we've all seen what this offense looks like without Will Rogers, and that's not to say that um, we didn't have some problems with him. I think a lot of that is just – you know, maybe asking him to do some things that he's not comfortable doing. If it were up to me, and it's not, I would just let Will call the plays at the line. You know, Will knows the receivers. I just go no huddle. Let Will give all the hand signals to everybody uh, and just, you know, go make it happen. I, I would just let Will run the show. That's what I would do. Nobody's asked me, but that's what I would do. I'd let Will do what he's comfortable doing. Let Will lead this team. Will Rogers is an incredible leader. And uh, I do expect to win the football game. All right, time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R. 
Com. Blair is a mortgage professional. If you have mortgage needs, and, and maybe you do, reach out to Blair, a guy with 22 years of experience in the industry that can help you navigate through the labyrinth that is underwriting. Blair will do a better job of getting you to the closing table than anybody. Top 1% close ratio in the country. Three years running. Now with Priority One Mortgage. Blair is a bulldog, has a place here. Season ticket holder, multiple sports. I like to keep business in the family whenever we can. We encourage you to do so as well. I like it when Bulldogs support Bulldogs. But you don't have to be a Mississippi State fan. Blair obviously is an equal opportunity lender. You know, that doesn't matter who you cheer for. If you've got mortgage needs, give Blair a call today at 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. Uh, Blair can take care of you. Again, that's closewithblair.com. Be sure and let him know you heard about him on the Boneyard. Might get a little uh, special treatment from him. Yeah, there we go. All right, so one of my favorite bands of this century has reunited. I thought we had done a top 10 with this band. Roy tells me we haven't, so we're going to do it. They have recently re-released and re-recorded One of their most amazing albums, The End is Where We Begin. We're talking about the Canadian Christian rock band, Thousand Foot Crutch. Now, they have a bit of a secular sound, right? This isn't Michael W. Smith, but they are a Christian band. And um, Trevor, the singer, is is the, the last member of this band. Uh, the original lineup, but uh, a guy, Trevor McNeven, has done a lot of amazing things, uh, has brought uh, Steve Augustine back to play drums, who has also been with this band before. They've done some side projects together. Uh, they're out of Ontario. They've had 10 studio albums, two live albums, and three remix albums. I love these guys, man. They sold over a million records. Uh, they've had number one hits on the Billboard Hard Rock album chart twice. Again, it's Thousand Foot Crotch. If you don't know them, you should. And uh, so we've already had a little controversy this morning as I sent my top 10 list to uh, my oldest son, Ani, and uh, shared that with him. My wife also was a fan. And of course, Ani's telling me all the songs that I missed. And I think that's part of the, the discussion here is there's a lot of these bands we struggle to get to 10. With this band, I could probably get to 15. I've never seen them live. I would love to. And now that they're reunited, I think we'll get a chance to do it. And it's Thousand Foot Crutch. That's the word, Thousand Foot Crutch with a K. A little bit different, right? So here we go. Uh, number 10, uh, I guess let me do a couple honorable mentions. We haven't done that in a while. Ani mentioned these songs and uh, kind of panned my list. But uh, he says, I'm missing Rock Fist. I like it okay. It's not in the top 10 for me. We Are is another great track that didn't make our list. I didn't put Falls Apart on here, and that may be an omission that I regret. Ani says that may be his number one. But those are your three honorable mentions. Number 10 for me is Light Up the Sky. Absolutely love it. Uh, Trevor's vocal on this is incredible. And it, again, it's one of those rock songs that just kind of hits you right where, it, right where it feels good, right? Love it, man. Number nine, Courtesy Call. And this is the most downloaded thousand foot crutch song. In their catalog. I like it. I like the acapella stuff in the beginning. And again, it just kind of shows you the, the vocal stylings of Trevor McNeven. Number eight, Untraveled Road. And uh, listen, they use that 
you know, un, from the Untraveled Road is one of their live albums. Uh, great track. And again, there's so much of this that is kind of spiritually based, but it's not so over the top that if you're a non-believer, you can't enjoy it. They're a great rock band that actually you know, has a belief system. So it's a little bit different. Now, my first introduction to Thousand Foot Crutch is your number seven song. It's a track called Move. And I love it. I love the energy in it. Uh, I love the chorus. It's just one of those songs. When Ani was a, was a Taekwondo fighter, fighting all over the country, and uh, so so privileged to be a part of that. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Ani Robertson, yeah, my oldest son, was an AAU Junior Olympic silver medalist in Taekwondo. That's right. And uh, got invited by the Lopez family to train in Spring, Texas at Elite TKD at Stephen Lopez. Um, if memory serves me correct, the first American to win the, the gold medal in Taekwondo and won it back-to-back Olympics. We had a chance to meet Stephen, Gene, everybody, amazing people. We just didn't make the move to Texas, which is why I'm here. But uh, we were going to make a, a, a highlight video of some of Ani's great accomplishments, and this is the song we picked out, Move from Thousand Foot Crutch. All right, number six. I love this one. It, it was a hit, and it may not be the hit some of these others, but the lyrical content really speaks to me. It's uh, Running with the Giants. You know, and of course, it's kind of a reference, you know, to having, you know, problems in life, right? And it's like there's just so much of that that sometimes we see other people and other challenges in life as giants because we see ourselves small. And I think that's one of the biggest things in life. People talk about having, you know, a sense of self-awareness. I believe that we're all capable of great things. I do. And it may not be the same things. We're all capable of big things. And I think going through life scared to try things is just an absolutely miserable existence. And that's kind of what this song is about, you know. Uh, it's great. All right, number five is Fire It Up. Love this one. This is another one. Just It's such a great rock song. will punch you in your face. And, uh, again, the thing about Trevor is, too, there's so many vocalists these days that are kind of using the overprocessed sound and they're using the grunt and grit to kind of push rock forward. And I like that stuff too. But our, our buddy Trevor doesn't have to do it that way. All right, number four, Lifeline. Love it, man. It seems like every great rock band has a song called Lifeline. We could probably do a top 10 Lifeline list. There's so many of those songs out there. Uh, just off the top of my head, there's Pop Roach and I Prevail. It's amazing. Uh, but Lifeline, number four, great track. Certainly, you know why I'm my top five. Number three is Let the Sparks Fly. Again, this is one that's got plenty of attitude on it. Let the sparks fly, baby. Number two, there have been some times, like, you know, when I've had some struggles in life, this is one of those songs that has really, really spoke to me. And there are a lot of songs out there. You know, music is a soundtrack of our lives. But there are some songs that I think are just kind of part of the therapeutic experience. Like, you know, when you're hurting, there are just some songs that kind of change your mood. This is one of those for me. And it's number two. It's War of Change. Absolutely love it. A lot of other people do. It was a huge hit for them. Uh, And there's just so much in life that needs to change. And not just, you know, globally, but locally and personally. You know, the only constant in life is change. I think it's important for us to embrace that. You know, we always talk about this. There's all these little memes out there. You be the change you want to see in the world, you know. And uh, I think that's, you know, kind of what this thing is about. You know, it's everybody wants the world to change, but they don't want to change themselves. 
But number one for me, and it's so different, it's such a different song in the catalog, has an incredible string arrangement on this. And I don't know if it's actually live strings or keyboards or whatever, but it just works. And it's a great track called Fly on the Wall. And uh, basically, it's about you know having a dream, and it's about empowerment. You know, it's about all of us kind of like finding our purpose in life and then pursuing it with some incredible vigor. But Fly on the Wall, number one for me. And again, Thousand Foot Crutch, now reunited. And again, you can find um, the new released version uh, of The End is Where We Begin. They re-recorded some songs uh, with Adelaide as Way, some of the guys from Skillet. Uh, and so they're back and going to be making new music. And uh, one of those things you look at, too, it's just, uh, you know, you, you work through all this stuff and you begin to begin to realize what a special band this is. The new album is The End is Where We Begin Reignited. They collaborated with Adelita's as Way on War of Change and New Medicine on Down, Art of Dying on So Far Gone. If you don't know Art of Dying, that's a band I think you should check out too. Uh, Johnny Heatherton, just an incredible vocalist. Uh, but check them out again. And if you're a person of faith and you don't know this band, you should. And if you're a rock, you're a rock band fan and you don't really know Thousand Foot Crutch, I'm giving you a gift here, right? I'm giving you a gift here. I think it's important to understand there are sometimes there are some bands out there and they're like, ah, Steve, I don't really know these guys. Give them a chance. This is one of those bands that just absolutely from start to finish I've loved from the very beginning, from the very first time I heard them. Uh, another day, Dan and I were riding around listening to Octane and I heard um, Thousand Foot Crutch on the radio. And I'm like, they've been playing this song again a lot. They've been playing War of Change again a lot. And she goes, oh, yeah, they re-released it. So, of course, I, I do some research here to understand why. But uh, pretty incredible stuff. And for those of you that... Um, interested in this kind of stuff they went out and headlined a tour of mercy me that's a band you guys know decipher down other other bands like that they're a band that has some appeal to everybody everybody that listens to rock music everybody and it, it doesn't matter if it's christian rock or mainstream rock thousand foot crutch will scratch you right where you itch check them out today i'm giving you a huge huge gift today with the music of thousand foot crutch be sure and check them out thanks as always for your support of the top 10 list if you have ideas for the top 10 list reach out and let us know best way to do that is to hit up roy on twitter at dogmatic67 that's d-a-w-g-m-a-t-i-c-6-7 you can find our great list under that same handle on spotify how cool is that we don't just talk about it we make those songs available to you for free and you of course we retweet the list out too so you can check them out so um so there we go and so be sure to check them out. And I'm on all forms of social media at Scout Steve R. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. Be sure and check out Campus Bookmart next time you're in town. Very easy to get to. Let's say you're coming in on 182 going towards campus. Just take that turn there at the Trooper Station and follow that little road all around. And right before you get to campus, the left-hand side is Campus Bookmart. I love Campus Bookmart. You will too if you don't already. Go by and see their smiling faces, a lovely and talented Susie. That's worth the trip in and of itself. Miss Kathy Brown, what an amazing job she does, uh, you know, procuring Mississippi State merchandise that you can use to outfit your family, your home, your RV, your office, whatever you need. It's Christmas time, too, and it's good. you got a Bulldog fans in your family. It's time to start thinking about new Mississippi State merch. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. 
That gets you free shipping on all orders over $75. Any order less than $75, absolutely incomplete. All right, let's look around the SEC this weekend. Busy, busy slate of games and uh, a handful of 11 a.m. games right around we're playing. And most of those, of course, non-conference games. But um, only one, excuse me, two SEC games that involve two SEC teams. So only two head-to-head league games. A lot of people do this. They schedule night the week before rivalry week. We're one of those. UT Chattanooga is at Alabama. Alabama, of course, has uh, won the West and in a pretty good position to win out. Hadn't it been a quiet year for Alabama, though? I mean, obviously, you had you know, the loud win over Ole Miss and the loud win over LSU, but nobody's really talking about Alabama. You know, if Alabama wins out, finds a way to win in Atlanta against Georgia, they're in the playoffs. Is this team capable of winning an Apple championship? I don't know that I believe that. I don't know if they can beat Georgia. But I, I'm, I'm eager to see that ball game. And I hope that we're able to watch the SEC championship knowing who our new coach is going to be. Hopefully that will be over by then. Louisiana Monroe's at Ole Miss. A lot of questions about Jackson Dart's health. And um, I know Lane Kiffin said that, uh, that he could have returned to the game. I don't know that I believe that. Uh, I, again, I think that's just one of those things coaches say. You know, how big's the egg ball? You know, I, I don't know that Jackson Dart plays much this week. And we'll see. I haven't kept up. In case you hadn't noticed, I've been pretty busy uh, trying to keep up with the Mississippi State stuff. But that, that hit Jackson Dart took on the left shoulder. That, that was a, that was a very serious situation. And, uh, guys, even though I'm not an Ole Miss guy, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Jackson Dart. He's been an excellent player for them. And uh, you, know, you hope he's healthy. I mean, you, you, you do. And um, so we'll see. But Ole Miss won't need Jackson Dart to beat Louisiana Monroe. I mean, let's just kind of call it for what it is, right? Um, you know, what's going to happen with Walker Howard, you know? Does he play this week? You know, what do they do? You know, but uh, Ole Miss should have no trouble at all with Louisiana Monroe. I, I look for the Rebels to win big. Of course, Southern Miss, Mississippi State, you know my pick there. I'm taking the Bulldogs. Abilene Christian at A&M. First ball game without Jimbo Fisher in a while. You know, what's interesting, too, and I think I shared this on the show Wednesday, you know, talking to people in agent circles, you know, they're talking about this A&M job. You know, who's going to get the A&M job? Uh, a lot of people think that Ross Bjork and A&M need a splash higher. And uh, one rep made comment to me, you don't go spend $100 million of your school's money to buy out your bad contract and then just go hire the up-and-comer. And I think that's a very dicey proposition. I mean, A&M has this identity crisis where they, they think they should be Alabama. And they're closer to Mississippi State than they are to Alabama, last game withstanding. They'll absolutely destroy Abilene Christian. And, and you know as well as I do, that, you know, they won't take the foot off the gas. Got a big game next weekend with LSU. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this coaching search and I guess it was Brandon Marcello even mentioned that some of the candidates mentioned in connection with the A&M job are more likely Mississippi State candidates than they are A&M. There's some talk out there they may take a swing at Dabo Sweeney. I just can't see that happening. I've heard some people say that they're at least going to make him tell them no. Uh, but I, I think if you're A&M, and, and there doesn't appear to be a lot of just home run higher candidate guys this year, you know, I guess you could make a run at Lance Leipold there at Kansas. He, of course, he's in the mix there with Michigan State. You know, we'll see what happens. But um, no trouble on the field this week. And I think there's kind of like there is in the Mississippi State fan base. When you think about our 
kind of sigh of relief. It's like, okay, well, now this is over with. We'll get another coach. What they've had at A&M is probably 100 times more because there has been so many people the last few years that have absolutely despised Jimbo Fisher. I think a lot of it's just because of the contract. It's like we gave this guy this much of our money. And if you saw the breakdown of his buyout, uh, if I'm Jimbo Fisher, y'all never see me again. I mean, honest to goodness, y'all, y'all would never see me again. I, I would I, I would delete social media accounts. And maybe it may be ever so often I would like post a picture where I'm, you know, like in Costa Rica or something on Instagram just to make you guys jealous. But uh, it's good work if you can get it, you know, being the fired football coach. My goodness, man, to be, to be fired in the prime of your life and have that much money available to you. I mean, your grandkids will never go broke. Georgia at Tennessee. And, of course, Georgia wrapped up the East. And you got to wonder, how motivated are they to play? Well, I think Kirby Smart does a great job keeping that team up. You know, they've had some teams last year kind of up and down. Their games this year, you know, Carson Beck has been kind of pedestrian at times. But that Georgia defense is legit. You know, Tennessee, I picked them to be second in the East this year. They're not going to be, barring something crazy. Uh, because, you know, Missouri is the story of the SEC, and, and, and it's been such a fun story. But they're in the East, so we don't talk about it as much. But uh, Georgia at Tennessee, I think Tennessee and Josh Heupel may have missed a golden opportunity last year. And they really, really did. You know, it was a really, really painful loss late in the year uh, that kept them out of some very special things. Uh, but, um, again, you know, the sanctions weren't nearly as bad as everybody expected. they got to face the Bulldogs this week. I, I like Georgia to win the ball game. I do think it will be a competitive game for a while. That Tennessee crowd will be rocking. But Georgia appears to be turning towards some really special things. They'll wrap up SEC play this week and then going to take on a, a Georgia Tech team uh, next week. That, that used to be a big – I remember when I was a kid, it was like, oh, yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech. You know, it doesn't mean anything anymore. But, uh, yeah, of course, Georgia still in a great position to uh, you know, to repeat, you know. New Mexico State is at Auburn. The Gauchos rolling into the Plains. Auburn has found some things in recent weeks on offense, and maybe it was against us. I mean, it seemed like they were really struggling, and then all of a sudden they kind of caught life against us. I think a lot of it, too, is just kind of figuring out what Thorne's good at. But if you look at these games, so you know, they, they had not scored um, – much at all in SEC play. They get us 27 to 13, and then they get Vandy 31 15. Think, well, you'd expect that, you know. And they went to Arkansas in a game that Arkansas had to have and beat them 48 to 10. It'll be a big number again this week. And I think you head into the Iron Bowl thinking, you know what, hey, we kind of figured some things out offensively. We can make this a game. That game is at Auburn, you know, and I think Freeze is the guy that understands rivalries. Certainly. But uh, you got to like where Auburn sits right now. Six and four, probably staring a seven and five season in the face, which is about what most people projected. I think I had them six and six. I had Arkansas winning that game. Uh, But, yeah, a bowl team in year one. And, uh, of course, they went big into the portal last year. We'll probably do some things again this year. But, um, yeah, no, no trouble this week against the Gauchos. I don't know if you're big fans of New Mexico State football or not. I don't know if you've kept up with those guys or not. But uh, they're 8-3 and three in CUSA. You know, so don't be surprised if you look up in the first quarter and this thing is a bit of a tussle. I just don't think there's enough talent uh, for New Mexico State. 
you know, I think Freeze will do a good job of making sure his kids respect them. Understand, hey, we're playing at home. Got a big game next week. We can't go play Alabama. And I guess in some respects you could say this may be a trap game. You know, you come off the road against Arkansas and you're home against a non-conference foe the week ahead of the Egg Bowl, Iron Bowl, excuse me. You got to be careful. You do. But I think Auburn, I think Jarquez Hunter has a big game against him. I really do. Florida at Missouri. Did we ever think we'd see a top ten ranking next to Missouri's name? Like after Pinkle left, I mean, you know, they came in the league and you're like, what is this about, right? You look at it right now and you begin to think, man, this uh, this Missouri team, not only are they better than we thought, I think you know, Eli Drinkwitz in many ways has been validated. He was kind of, you know, branded as this uh, quirky, weird, nerd type guy. Well, offensively, they've gotten some things going. Of course, Florida is at Mizzou this week, and next week they host number four Florida State. They're five and five. And if you remember, Vegas had them at five and seven. There's a good chance they're going to end up five and seven. Now, Missouri, on the other hand, eight and two. And they have Florida this week and Arkansas next week. And who knows what Arkansas is going to look like next week. Guys, Missouri could go 10 and two. If they go 10 and two, they're going to a New Year's Six bowl game. And uh, I think that's an easy pick. And I think, too, Missouri fans, too, will travel and turn out and go support this team because there's so much of that. I think you look at, you know, there's been all this, you know, are we ever going to do anything substantial? And you struggle and struggle and struggle. And now all of a sudden you break through and have a special year. And, of course, uh, you know, a game ahead of Tennessee. I just don't see Missouri lose it these last couple. I just, I just don't. Might look at things differently down the road, but I just don't think that this is a team that um, is scared, and I think they're believing you know, in each other right now. So should be a very, very interesting you know, stretch, down the stretch for Tigers. It's just nuts, too. I mean, it's just one of those things you look at, and it's like, does this make any sense? And no, it doesn't. But let's enjoy it for what it is. All right, Kentucky's at South Carolina. And, and guys, I guess I'm skipping ahead here. Florida International is at Arkansas. Now, this whole thing with Sam Pittman, so the week that we played them, the morning that we played them, I had two members of the Arkansas media that I respect, and I know that both said, hey, if he has a losing season, he's gone, and he needs to win the day. And then we win – Seven to three. It was a fun game for us just because we won, right? But it was a miserable game if you if you just enjoy good football because it wasn't a great football game. It was a defensive battle, but we won the game, and so we win. Everybody's like, you know, Steve, that's going to be it. Then he goes and wins in a swamp. They're like, okay, well he's safe. We never won at Florida before he's safe. And then they go lay that egg last week. And then like Sunday, I had people telling me, hey, we're we're going to go ahead and start the process to fire him. Now, that could mean a lot of things. A lot of times it means it's getting on the phone and making sure you've got your, your buyouts lined up, kind of get your search firm, whatever. And then I was told earlier this week that, hey, unless he comes out flat against FIU, he's probably safe. There are a lot of people that want him to make it. And Sam is a you know, fun guy to have around. But if you look at this, they have not been great under Sam Pittman. They had the one good year there. And they were a team last year that ran off all these guys that they said were just kind of malcontents or whatever. And they hit the portal hard, and defensively they were really good at the beginning of the year, played pretty well against us defensively, but we helped, right? They ought to be able to beat the Panthers pretty well. 
And uh, you feel like he's probably okay. And you say, well, does it ever come down to one game? I just think it's the trajectory. Guys, you know, FIU's four and six. Four and six and ninth in Cusa. They've lost two games in a row by a combined 81 to 22. And then they get Western Kentucky next week. So if you're Sam, you got to come out here and win this game. Got luck, you know what you're doing. But uh, yeah, Arkansas should win big. But it's just one of those things with this Arkansas. It's this he loves me, he loves me not type thing. All right, Kentucky is in South Carolina. You guys know I'm not a big fan of Kentucky. I think this is not even a great team by Kentucky standards. And uh, we let them off the hook and played terribly. And um, just one of those things you look at. You know, Kentucky, again, doesn't have, you know, a, a big win on the schedule. Uh, this isn't the opportunity for one either. But South Carolina has kind of gotten some things going offensively here in recent weeks. Yeah, you it's know, one thing two people say, oh, you know, you are who you are midway through the year. I don't know if that's really the case. And we talked about Southern Miss and Frank Gore Jr. kind of getting it going. You look at South Carolina's offensive numbers here, and, yes, they struggled a little bit defensively with Jacksonville State. They win that game 38-28. Of course, they get the pick six at the end to kind of put it away there. And then 47 points uh, against Vanderbilt. Spencer Rattler, you kind of know what you have there. I don't know that Kentucky has the linebackers to kind of contain him. I'm going to take South Carolina in this game. It's a bit of an upset. Kentucky's a slight road favorite. Williams-Brice, a tough place to play. So maybe I'm just a Kentucky hater, but I'm going to go with South Carolina in a minor upset. Georgia State then is at LSU. Have you seen what Jaden Daniels has done? I mean, it's like now that they're not in the West race, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, they're seven and three. And it's tough for a guy like uh, you know, Daniels to win the Heisman at seven and five. And they're not going to be seven and five because they're going to hammer Georgia State. And then they host AM last year. And you remember AM got them. AM got LSU last year. And that was the big thing. And everybody rushed the field and everything's going to be okay, Jimbo. And it wasn't. So you, you feel like the Tigers can get to nine and three. And next thing you know, it's going to be time to vote for the Heisman Trophy. And maybe you don't know this, but I'm a Heisman voter too this year. How about that? Excited about that. But, uh, you know, watching these games and kind of working through these numbers, you like what Jaden Daniels has done, and you look at some other people out there like Michael Penix and Bo Nix and some other guys that are doing some pretty incredible things, and good, how good is the Pac-12? Yeah, I don't really know. I don't know if we can be honest about that. I don't know if we can even quantify that. But under this, Jaden Daniels – even though they're going to be the SEC West number two, he's had a remarkable year. 3,164 passing yards, and he's ran for 918. Accounted for 38 touchdowns. Incredible. Incredible. But, yeah, he'll get the pad to stats this weekend. Probably would be over 1,000 yards rushing, and you, know, you don't know how much you're going to play him. And you probably have a chance to get some younger guys in there, maybe Nussmeyer. But um, they're going to wear the white helmets this weekend, too. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, the white helmets. Uh, but, yeah, you like the direction of this LSU program? I think that I do. I talk to people in Baton Rouge, and you're like, I don't know if Brian Kelly's the guy. And I'm like, guys, you know, number one, the first year he's there, he wins the West, and you guys probably would have won it this year or had a real chance to win it if you didn't blow the game defensively against Ole Miss. Ole Miss, 55 points in that game. When have you seen an LSU defense do that? I mean, that's the thing. that They've had so many issues, mainly on defense, you know, do they go get Zach Arnett? 
I mean, think about that for a second. What are the potential landing spots for Zach Arnett? LSU needs some help on defense. Do they go get him? I've heard that USC is interested in him, but I'm also told that he really didn't want to go back out west. So we'll see how things go. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend in the SEC for a couple people, but uh, it should be a weekend that kind of goes to script. One should expect that. Again, I only called the one upset. So your winners this week, Alabama, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Georgia, Auburn, Missouri, Arkansas, South Carolina, and OSU. Again, the only upset we're calling for is South Carolina over Kentucky. I think Kentucky's a one-and-a-half-point favorite uh, as we get into this thing. All right, looking to come to Starkville. Yeah, you got a big group. You want everybody to be together? Google the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Google it and book through the Evolve website. and We'll, we'll save you a little money. We'll save you 10% off your stay, right? Book through the Evolve website. Use promo code BSR10. That gets you 10% off, right? Listen, it's expensive traveling. It is. And uh, you could go ahead and get five hotel rooms, but why not have everybody under one roof so you can congregate together, you can socialize together, you can cook and dine together, you can run to the, right down the road there to the Walmart neighborhood market and stock up on some adult beverages, some steaks, put them on the grill, have a big night, get some cinnamon rolls for mom or grandmom to make on game day. It'd be special to have everybody together. And again, Google the Stark Vegas Clubhouse Book through the Evolve website, promo code BSR10. And listen, they got that great fire pit area. It's uh, off the beaten path a little bit. It's the renovated clubhouse, the old uh, country club out there. Just five minutes from campus. How cool is that? You can do all your tailgating right there. Instead of having to set up and pack up and everything else, you just uh, have your dining there. And listen, if you're a work group, maybe bringing some people to town, maybe you're uh, you know, pitching Mississippi State, you're working on a project here. This is a great place to uh, stay and work and kind of keep the team together rather than have to track everybody down. It's a Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Check it out today. Happy to have them as a sponsor. All right. Some big basketball stuff coming up for Mississippi State. Uh, maybe you guys are aware of this. You should be. Going to have a game going on tomorrow while we're playing football way up there in Connecticut. Some of you may take in that game. I know a lot of people will sit at home and just kind of flip back and forth. But uh, Mississippi State men's basketball now 3-0 on the young season. Is that right? Yeah, 3-0 overall. Uh, we'll play Washington State tomorrow morning. That's going to be on the ESPN Plus in Uncasville, Connecticut. You'll take on Washington State and, again, you know, get enough power five opponent. And then on Sunday, we'll turn around and play at either noon or 2.30 against Northwestern or Rhode Island. Uh, be sure and check that out. And I uh, want to tell you guys, too, again, there is the big game coming up, the Magnolia Madness game against North Texas in Tupelo. Now, that's, you know, we used to go down to Jackson and play these games. We're going to play in Tupelo. Uh, the profits, part of the proceeds, go to Mississippi State's NIL efforts. Now, we're going to help partner with these people because we believe in this at Gene's Page. Uh, in addition to that, even if you can't make the game, let me encourage you to buy tickets and maybe donate them to a local charity, Boys and Girls Club. I don't know what your needs are, but, you know, we did this with Rock Vegas, and uh, you can buy tickets through Ticketmaster, as always, in the Cadence Bank Arena. Uh, 
But guys, these tickets are 10 bucks. And so maybe buy a handful of these tickets. I don't know. You know, you say, Steve, you know, I can't make the game around the holidays. We need to sell out all these tickets. We need to sell every single one of them. And again, tickets go from $10 to $100. You know, you can sit uh, close or you can sit in the upper levels. But we need to sell every one of these tickets. There are a lot of people out there that say, you know, Steve, I, I just can't afford to sponsor that. I get it. But you can afford 10 bucks. And yes, there are some fees associated, but remember, you know, you know, proceeds of this go to our NIL efforts. So we need to get behind this. That's Mississippi State versus North Texas. It's a 3 p.m. tip on December 17th. Whether you go to the game or not, let me encourage you to buy some tickets. And because they're with Ticketmaster, you can electronically transfer them to somebody else. It's important. We always talk about what we can do. We all want to win, but we have to do what's necessary to win. And this is one of those things. So this is a special event. And again, you can go log on right now and buy your tickets. And you can gift them. Put them on Twitter. Uh, but again, 10 bucks in the upper area. And uh, you know, the more you spend, the better off it's going to be. And we'd like to see the, the arena packed. Our Bulldogs deserve that. But... Uh, we're very much a partner in this at jeanspage.com, and uh, you know we're not going to profit at all. This is all for the betterment of Mississippi State uh, basketball. So again, whether you go to the game or not, let me encourage you to buy these tickets. And if you live out of state and just for, for some reason can't make it, you can gift these tickets uh, to somebody else. And uh, hopefully, we can find somebody that can step up. Maybe we, uh, you know, pack this thing out with some kids. You know, maybe some kids that wouldn't ordinarily get to go to an event like this. I mean, it's such a great thing we did with a education day on the women's side. So be a part of that. Be a part of our NIL efforts, whether you're part of the Bulldog Initiative or not. Uh, that's where the money ends up, and that's that North Texas game. So I encourage you to, um, to buy tickets. Again, whether you're going to go or not. Women's side... Ladies, of course, playing well. We talked about that earlier this week uh, on Wednesday's show. Of course, the big pasting of uh, UNO. Uh, 4-0 for your Bulldogs. And Sunday, if you're in the greater Nashville area, let me encourage you to turn out and go watch the ladies play against Belmont before they hit the road to Houston, Texas uh, for the Van Chancellor Classic. Your only chance to see the Bulldogs this weekend is going to be in Nashville. We won't be back at Humphrey Coliseum until we play Miami on November 29th. So that's 12 days from now, that'll be a night game, of course, against uh, Miami in the ACC-SEC Challenge. Uh, should be a fun one there, too. And for you Bulldogs out there next weekend in the greater Houston area, uh, that you know, of course, maybe you're going to make the Egg Bowl and hustle back to Houston. You get a chance to go support the ladies uh, there in your neck of the woods. But again, this weekend, November 19th against Belmont. And, you know, the thing about, you know, the Belmont Bruins you know, this is a game that we should win. This is a game that shouldn't really be any question for us. Uh, but it's a chance for you to go watch you know, our ladies and support them. And uh, Coach Sam Purcell and the staff doing a great job so far. Uh, Belmont is 2-1 and one on the year. They did give Missouri a little bit of trouble in, in Missouri. They've played two SEC games so far. They lost to Missouri 72-61. They beat Georgia 76-50 in Nashville. And they've beaten Wichita State. So winners are two in a row. And then they're going to have a blue out for whatever that's worth on Sunday. So show up with some maroon on and ruin the blue out. And then maybe um, ruin 
their their event. Of course, that game also will be streamed on ESPN Plus if you can't make it. But if you can make the game, we always encourage you uh, to get out and go. It's an important part of everything. You know, we need to be visible at these games. That's an important aspect of every bit of this. We have need we need to be visible and show people that uh, we support the Bulldogs on all fields and courts of play. Now, today, this evening, also on ESPN Plus. Uh, Mississippi State is out at Stanford in soccer, a second-round NCAA tournament game. We've never advanced beyond this point. And we'll take on Brown University on the campus of Stanford and Palo Alto. That's a 5.30 uh, kick tonight. And, again, that's ESPN+. Plus. So if you're looking for something to watch tonight, Mississippi State-related, watch the soccer game. Uh, Coach uh, James Armstrong, ladies, done a great job this year. Could be a historic season. We win in uh, overtime last week against Providence, one to nothing, and we pretty much dominated the game. Right, third time that we've hosted in school history. Uh, you know, we lost to um, Lipscomb here a few years ago in our first ever hosting game, and then won last year, made it to the second round, got defeated. So if we can win this weekend, uh, that'll change some things. It'll change the per, you know the perspective of our program. You know, and uh, it's it's so incredible to think about. There's just so many people out there that um, your kids play soccer or whatever, and you can come and pack out the pitch and give us a chance. So any Bulldogs out there in California today looking for something to do this evening, 5.30 p.m., I guess that's central time, so it'll be uh, 7.30 out there, 3.30, excuse me, uh, out in uh, California. So that's where that's it. So let's talk a little coaching stuff before we get out of here. Uh, that's really why you logged in today, right? Steve, what do you know? So I shared this yesterday, and I, I'm waiting on a couple callbacks today, and we'll have a what we're hearing update this afternoon. We'll also update the hot board uh, you know, for all that. And, and again, four consecutive days with Gene's Page leading sales for 247 Sports. The, I mean, we've done it every day. So it's not just the four-day total. We've done it every single day this week. And, of course, you add all that together, there's no way anybody can catch us. When you're number one, yeah, it's the best in the world. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about kind of where we are. All right, so as I mentioned yesterday, the thing that I'm hearing from talking to people in agent circles is that Mississippi State is in a really good position to get a quality coach and not have to reach. And also not to have to overpay. One of the things that I brought up in some of my conversations, because things are such a mess at Michigan State, you know, they're going to have to overpay. You know, a lot of people say that, you know, Lance Leipold is who they're targeting out of Kansas and that they're going to have to write basically a blank check. Now, Lance Leipold said on his radio show this past week that Kansas is the last job he's ever going to take. Now, you and I both know he has to say that, right? He has to. I don't believe that. But I believe he said it. I don't think he meant it. He wouldn't be the first coach, as I mentioned yesterday, to, uh, to say that. You know, Nick Saban said over and over and over again that he wasn't going to be the coach at Alabama. And guess what? He's still the coach at Alabama. Uh, so how does that impact us? Well, you know, Willie Fritz is a name that's been uh, mentioned in connection with the Mississippi State job. Now, two weeks ago, I was told that Willie Fritz was the – preferred candidate to go to Northwestern. And, of course, they've elected now to keep interim coach David Braun, and it looks like the Wildcats are going bowling. So they're going to give him a little more time. 
that was not expected two weeks ago, but the team has kind of rallied behind him and, uh, and played pretty well. So they're going to ride that out. It's been a, an absolute fiasco up there in Evanston this year. You had the hazing scandal with Pat Fitzgerald. So that's one school that's not going to come open. Now, not that State and Northwestern are routinely competing for the same candidates, but in this situation, uh, Willie Fritz is a guy that, again, we thought wasn't going to be an option, and now he is. Now, Willie also has a daughter in Houston. He is from Shawnee Mission, Kansas. So if Lance goes to Michigan State, we feel like that they will target Willie Fritz. Now, can they outpay Mississippi State? Uh, you know, here's the thing, too. We talk about the NIL basketball game. And I asked Zach Selman about this on Monday. Every coaching candidate that we talk to is going to ask, okay, well, how much money do I have to work with an NIL? I'm very happy to say that uh, you've seen the million-dollar match that Bulldog Initiative has put up. Uh, there is a group of donors that will match up to a million bucks. And, uh, of course, that adds $2 million to the coffers. Now, we have made some tremendous progress this year, but we're not still where we want to be. And I don't know if we'll ever be exactly where we want to be. But we're in much better shape than some other people would suggest. Uh, I'm not going to put numbers out there because I can't quantify those. Charlie Winfield is a friend, but I wouldn't even ask Charlie, hey, tell me this so I can put it on the show. Uh, the bottom line is this. We don't want other schools to know what we have. And anytime that you see these articles out there, I take all that with a grain of salt. If you think that everybody in the SEC is reporting honest and accurate numbers to anybody, you're kidding yourself. And if you put too little out there to say, oh, we got to get caught up, it has the adverse effect. And people say, well, if nobody else is doing it, they don't believe in it, so I shouldn't either. And then if you see too much, you say, oh, we're doing fine without my contribution. Uh, we need you to make a contribution. We do. And so whatever that is, is going to be matched. You give 100 bucks. Uh, we got donors out there that are going to match that. And uh, so you go to Bulldog Initiative. I'm, I'm going to Google it right now while we're together. We'll, we'll navigate through this together. Bulldog Initiative. That's NL rights for MSU student-athletes. And, of course, we're doing the uh, million-dollar match. And uh, one of the things that we're encouraging people to do is uh, this is going to run through November, to December 1st, is when you get your commitment sticker, right, we ask you to tweet that or post it on Facebook. That's important. We want people to know that you're part of the solution at Mississippi State. And then people are like, you know, Steve, I just don't believe in it. Whether you believe it or not, that means it's going to go away. And so you go to the Bulldog Initiative website and you scroll down just a little bit and it'll say $1 million matching gift program through December 1st, 2023. The Bulldog Initiative is proud to announce a million-dollar matching gift program on all memberships and donations from now until December 1st, 2023. Get started by joining the Bulldog Initiative or making a one-time donation. So you can join and you can give monthly or annually or whatever you'd like, or you can just make a one-time donation. So there's a button there that says Donate to the Winning Drive. Click that button, and that will give you the ability uh, to make a payment. You enter your donation amount and then even ask you for your recognition. Please tell us how you'd like to be recognized. You can be anonymous or you can put your name, whatever you'd like to do. That's an important aspect of every bit of this. So, and when you, after you donate, they're going to send you the little sticker that says, I'm committed. It's a little graphic. We ask that you share that on social media to encourage other people to give. And again, up to a million dollars. 
this is going to take place. So on the website, again, it says, This week, a group of Bulldog Initiative supporters have pledged an additional $1 million over and above their earlier contributions, provided that we raise the funds to match them. So help support the Bulldog Initiative's winning drive as we look to unlock this contribution and generate $2 million in new support. That's on top of what we've already raised. And if you don't think this is substantial, it is. Because of the fact, this is one of those things when Zach Selman sits down with candidates and say, hey, our fans are committed to winning. Now, I don't know that we could have begun this fundraising drive if Zach Arnett hadn't been fired. I mean, and we may have, like, pushed it out there. I don't know that there would be that same level of excitement among our fan base. we got a thread over on Gene's page, and people have been posting their I'm Committed stickers. And so I encourage you to be a part of that. You know, we're not going to talk about the politics of NIL. I'm just going to tell you Mississippi State needs uh, your contribution. I understand it's the holidays. Even if it's 100 bucks, 1000 bucks, 10000 bucks, whatever you can afford to give and you're willing to give, that money is going to be matched. So when you give 1000 bucks, it basically turns into $2,000, provided we get to a million, and we will. But we need you to be a part of that. When we have an opportunity to talk to a coach and say, hey, we understand that there may be some people out there to tell you you can't win at Mississippi State. We have fans that are committed to winning. And look at what we're doing right now to provide you with the funds needed or the funds that uh, are requested to move this football program forward. And, again, there's a lot of people over the course of the last two weeks who said, hey, we're going to pull our contribution. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. Uh, but now this dark cloud that's kind of been hovering over us for a little bit has been removed. And that's not Zach, Zach Arnett's fault. I'm not being critical of Zach Arnett. I'm not being critical of the staff. It is what it is. But there are a lot of people that have been very divided about the direction of our football program. Now it's important for us to unite and really paint ourselves as a winning program to our new football coach. It's like, hey, we're committed to getting this thing done. We just need you to come lead us. Now, a lot of names out there. We talked about Willie Fritz. You know, there's been some discussions about Barry Odom. I'm also hearing that Barry Odom is a guy that uh, kind of got an eye on Arkansas, too. They're kind of monitoring that situation. Uh, we talked about J.G. Kenny. I know that uh, he is a guy at Texas State's done some amazing things. Uh, he also has uh, Mac Lefwich. And so what happens there? Like, what, what if we hire J.G. and then Texas State says, well, we'll just promote Mac Lefwich? You know, then you don't get the full benefit uh, of the scheme, you know. Uh, but I wanted to kind of explain a little bit about how this search firm stuff works in a few minutes we have together. So basically, you know, Mississippi State has tasked a group called the Turnkey uh, Group for our search firm. We've, we've used Parker in the past, but we're using Turnkey here, their own retainer with the university. And so basically there is like a battery of questions that they work through with Zach Selman and our leadership to kind of determine what we're looking for. How much are we willing to pay? What kind of background do we want? Levels of experience. And so there's all these things you go through. Well, they in turn will take that information and use it against a database of college football coaches and say, okay, these are the people that fit. And then, and then they go get on the phone. It's not Zach Selman making that call. The search firm will get on the phone and figure out, hey, call the agent. What are the salary demands? Uh, is this guy movable this year? And then they compile that data and give it to Zach Selman. And then that's when the process really kind of gets cranked up. And there's some people out there that said, oh, yeah, we're already close to a deal. And uh, that's not the information that I have. Now, I don't think this thing stretches on. I wrote an article yesterday. Basically, uh, the way things have worked in the SEC for the last several years in the portal era 
is uh, you have a guy that uh, comes along after the regular season, but before the December signing period. That's pretty much gone to script, except in extreme situations like Mike Leach's passing and Jeremy Pruitt's firing at Tennessee. And so, could we have somebody the weekend of the Egg Bowl? Yes, we could. Am I expecting that right now? No, but I don't rule it out. I do think we'll have somebody, I think certainly, uh, by the SEC championship game. And that's important for us because the portal opens that following Monday. Now, the portal is open right now for Mississippi State players because we fired a coach. And that's something to consider kind of moving forward too, right? That's one of those things, Zach, some of those guys have to factor in. Because once you fired the coach, it's a 30-day window for your players to go in. So basically, our guys have a chance to go in. We've had four go in so far. There will be others. Uh, the four that have gone in so far have been reserve players. It's not like starters. But it erodes your depth, right? And it's also one more guy you got to recruit. And people say, well, Steve, we need the, the room on the roster to flip it. You know, and there's probably some truth to that. But that understood, that had to factor in with Zach Selman's decision. And with that in mind, he elected to go ahead and fire Zach Arnett, which allows us in many respects to kind of get a head start. Now, you can do a lot of the same things, right? You can do a lot of those things out there behind the scenes. You can work with agents and you can go ahead and, uh, you know, contract with a coaching firm if that's what you plan to do. There's no rule against that, right? Uh, But the rest of that story is, is it's really about trying to make something of this season. As Greg Knox said on Monday, we still have a chance to win the state championship. And um, while that just doesn't mean anything to anybody but us, you go out there and get a win tomorrow morning and have a little juice going into the Egg Bowl, you never know what could happen. And then you end up bowl eligible. And, of course, there's always a possibility, even at 5-7, and seven, we get a bowl game. And, and, again, people are like, well, I don't know if we deserve it. Guys, these are the rules that we came up with at the beginning of the year. This is how we're going to pick the bowl team. Well, there's too many bowls. You know, let me tell you this. I hear that every year. I like football, and I love bowl season. I like the fact that when we get into bowl season, you just about get a football game every day during the holiday. So every night you can sit down and then watch a college football game. More times than not, it's teams you're not quite as familiar with. And I enjoy it. Well, it's a participation trophy. No, it's not. No, it's not a participation trophy. It's not. Well, I liked it when there were just 14 bowls. I like fun. I like football. So we're going to disagree, and that's fine. You don't have to watch it. But some of the funnest games that I've seen in recent years will be like some MAC team going up against somebody from across the country on a Thursday night, uh, you know, in a half-filled arena, and I'm watching that game. I'm thinking I'm, I'm just hanging on every breath, right? Every play matters, even though I'm not emotionally invested in the team and the outcome. I just love football. You may see it differently. I hate it when football season is over. I do. I love baseball, but I tell you this, but once the NFL championship game is over, it just makes me sad. It really does. Like, well, now we don't have really anything football-related until we get into the spring, and even that doesn't really count. You know, it's like we wait all year for football season to get here, and it's gone before we know it. And who knew we'd be in this position this time last year? I mean, think about this for a second. We're about to make our second coaching change under a year's time. It's insane. And so we're going to continue to update you over at jeanspage.com. And everybody keeps asking me, Steve, who do you want? I want whoever Mississippi State wants. I'm going to support and cover everybody exactly the same. I'm not going to say, well, I didn't get what I want, so I'm not going to write this story. So I don't really have a preference. You know, I'll tell you, the profile of the coach that I want is I want a guy with head coaching experience. I want an offensive-minded coach. 
I want a guy that is somewhat familiar with our recruiting footprint. I want a guy that's going to work with our existing recruiting staff and bring them in and say, you know what? Hey, I want you guys to go help us get players rather than me just starting fresh. I want to keep guys like Rod Gibson that understand the junior college system that has been in every high school in this state. Those people are invaluable to Mississippi State. Absolutely are. Rod Gibson is an institution. I want a guy that's going to unite this fan base. I want a guy that's going to win the press conference, and more importantly, win on the field. And so whoever Zach Selman finds that fits that, I'd be most excited about. And you know what? If he decides, you know what, I'm going to go get a defensive-minded coach because I think he's the most organized, and I think that he is a guy that uh, does some special things, and then will hire a dynamic offensive coordinator. I'd get behind that too. And so it's not about what I want or who I want. I, the, the bottom line is I want to win, period. And I think Zach Selman, with his extensive football background, knows what winning football looks like. He knows how you're supposed to run the show, and this year just hadn't been it. We all know it. It's that simple, every one of us. And so I think it's important for us to be patient. You know, it's not going to happen today unless something crazy happens. Again, anybody that we're pursuing is uh, is still coaching football, you know, with rare exception. Right. I mean, there's some people out there that would leave right now. There's some people, of course, that are coordinators or perhaps, uh, you know, in other positions that would have the opportunity to leave right now and come be a part of this if we needed them to and start putting their staff together. And I think that's an important aspect of this whole thing, too. You know, Um, so. Again, we'll have updates over Gene's page, but uh, I think fans need to kind of take a deep breath. You know, we're going to do what we can to cover it. Do we get the chance to announce the hire? Nine times out of ten, no. You know, we did Justin Parker, uh, but it's pretty rare that we get to do that, especially something as national as this. But we're going to do our best to prepare you for that announcement. We'd love to be able to announce the hire. Uh, Of course, we had Mike Leach before anybody else did, and I think uh, some other people in the national media, either Brett McMurray or uh, Pete Thamel, had the first tweet. But if you were a member of Gene's page, you knew where things were headed. And I remember years ago, and I, and I love having these conversations and people in their revisionist history, when everybody else was telling you Kevin Wilson was going to be your head coach at Mississippi State, we were telling you Dan Mullen was going to be. And it all happened late, and it was, thankfully it was somebody within our network that tipped us off that Dan Mullen was going to be the coach. And so I think we, we may not even known until like 24 hours before it happened. But uh, that's how the cookie crumbles. And it's not just about the announcement. If you're just curious about the announcement, just wait for the university to issue the release. But if you care about the ebb and flow of it all and kind of what we're hearing, how Mississippi State's perceived and what candidates that we're hearing have interest in Mississippi State and uh, candidates Mississippi State is interviewing, uh, we're going to do our best to provide that information over at Gene's page. And again, that's 60% off and you get the Paramount Plus. Yeah, that's a cool thing too. So come check us out. Uh, come be with us over at jeanspage.com. We're back on Monday, hopefully celebrating a Bulldog victory on the football field, a couple of victories on the basketball court for the men and one for the women. And hopefully our soccer Bulldogs are still playing uh, as we get through uh, uh, today. And so that's an important aspect of this too. We, we, we're going to cheer for the Bulldogs in every aspect and uh, look forward to being back with you guys on Monday. But until next time, Let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.